Oh my god. Hi everyone. Good morning. It's literally evening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the first full episode back from the dead of I'm Horrified. <laughs> we're here. We're ready. We're, we're and we're getting to it now this time. Last week was a whole lot of nonsense. Yes. Um, and we didn't give you the goods. And this week will only be some nonsense. The goods are here now. The goods are now here. That's absolutely true. Goods have arrived. And the goods this week, I'm providing them. Yes. Which isn't usually true. Allie's the much better cook amongst us. So if there's goods, usually it's Allie. Okay. So I, tonight, <laughs> I was given a delicious dinner by Samantha Buntich. And I am, I am the one who cooks maybe more often than you do. So true. But and was, more expertly, I would say. That's very kind. Um, you know, sometimes I go through depressive episodes where I really learn. Oh. Um, and like the Bon Appetit videos were yes. like, that was like most of 2018. Before those got and canceled. And a lot of knowledge went in here. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing about how to stop being depressed, but a lot about how to like, you know, properly salt my yeah. pasta water, etc. A lot about sous vide. But yeah, exactly. Um, but you made a delicious dinner for us tonight. So you're you're bringing the goods, you're bringing the the home truths. Thank you. The home baked casseroles. And boy have I baked y'all up something for today. Yeah, I'm sure you have. I oh, can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about this this week. Ali, I'm so excited to talk to you about it. Sam, what are you talking about this week? This week I'm going to talk to y'all about Burning Man. Burning Man. Burning Man. I know something's going on with it, but I didn't... It's in, like, a media black hole. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Well, I entered the black hole. Okay, good. let me tell you. Good, good, good. Um, Yeah, even before this year's Burning Man headlines, Burning Man has been on my list to cover on this show. It has. It's been a a problematic. Yes, it really... Well, so, I would like to be transparent about my reason. It's this. Um, Burning Man, for those of you who are like, what even, uh, who, who, what man have you burned? Everyone knows what Burning Man is. I would hope. Well, I'll just, Burning Man is basically like a seven day, like maybe festival, maybe like camping experience, art experience, city experiment. Extended LSD trip. Yes. That occurs in like the middle of the desert in Nevada every year. So to be transparent about why I was always going to talk about Burning Man, it's this. I don't even like camping. Right. (laughs) If I'm in a house that doesn't have AC, for me, that's camping. I don't like the outdoors. For me, that's like active warfare. Yeah. Like that. Oh, please. I don't like the outdoors. I don't like building my own living situation with my two hands. It's just deeply not my thing. Amen. So Burning Man, which is building a camp from absolute scratch for a week, and then you stay up late all the time and you have to walk everywhere, for me, a nightmare. You used to ask people for food. Yeah. I don't any food. I don't want a yucky yum, but for me, it's a yuck, right? That's just, I'm horrified by just simply. Oh my God. The idea of venturing outside makes me horrified. So Burning Man is that times 100. Anything like this. Like when I think of, it's not a music festival, mm-hmm. but it's similar to a lot of music festivals. Yes. And I see people paying like thousands of dollars <laughs> to go to music festivals. And I'm just like, I would pay thousands of dollars to, to not. To leave one. Yeah. If I were in that situation. Absolutely. But again, I'd like to start with Burning Man kind of as it's meant to be. To kind of, in an attempt not to yucky yum. Sell us the dream. In an attempt to see the bonus. But then we're going to move into what it really is, which is much worse than just for me outdoors. Okay. <laughs> and for that, that's enough. We yes. could we could rhapsodize on that for hours. <laughs> 
My mom always laughs because one time I said to her, I was like outside, like helping clean up after my dog as a child. And I looked her in the face. I was like 10 or 11. And I just was like, I hate outside. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, I um, like years ago, Chris, my husband, was like, oh, you know what? Like, we should go camping. Like, that that should be something. I want to go camping more. And I was like, I'm sure you and your second wife yeah. will have plenty of time to do that. Have a blast. Uh, have so much fun. Yeah. I am I will never do that with you. I'm never going to do that. I'm sorry. I will not meet him in the middle. I, it's like, no. it's not even, it's one of those things. Like, I'm really very open to, like, let's compromise. Let's talk it out. And on that, I'm just like. I'm so sorry, bud. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Simply no. Simply a no. So like I was saying, Burning Man is a week-long, large-scale desert event focused on, quote, community, art, self-expression, and self-reliance. And it's held every single year since, mm. like, the 80s. Self-reliance one makes me concerned. <laughs> the event's name comes from its symbolic burning of a large wooden man. Uh, it's an effigy referred to simply as the man. That occurs on the penultimate night. Burning Man was founded by a group of friends as like a solstice bonfire they did every year on the San Francisco beach that just got like bigger and bigger until it kind of became an event. They began burning a man in the mid 80s and it grew from there and it was eventually combined with another event that was kind of already happening in the Black Rock Desert, which is where uh, Burning Man still happens to this day. And that event was like a Dadaist sculpture garden event in the middle of the desert. Sure. So these two things kind of came together to create Burning Man, which, like I said, has been running since the mid 80s. Participants in Burning Man, they're known as burners. That's fun. I like when you get to have a little name. Yeah. I I could see myself being like, oh, I'm I'm hanging out with my burner friends. It's a little fandom. Yes. And so they travel every year to Black Rock City, which, of course, is not a city that exists, but it's one that is temporarily constructed for this event. Burning Man, contrary to what a lot of people think, is not a music festival or even technically an art show, which is kind of what I always thought it was, was like a sculpture garden, basically. It's the way that burners think about it as like it's an experiment in the ability for the group to build Black Rock City and exist fully autonomously for that week. And that's, that the, the idea of that is cool. Yeah. And so I think the thing that can really give you an idea of like the way that burners see Burning Man and the stuff they love about Burning Man is their core principles that they talk about, mm-hmm. which can really give you an idea of their point of view. So this is right off their website. Their core principles are radical inclusion. Anyone can be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. Gifting. Burning Man is devoted to acts of gift giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. Gifting does not contemplate a return or an exchange for something of equal value. Decommodification. In order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, transactions, or advertising. We stand ready to protect our culture from such exploitation. We resist the substitution of consumption, for participatory experience. So on those last two, when you're at Burning Man, like you do not buy or sell anything. You do not bring money to Burning Man. There's nothing that like you can exchange for money. Literally the entire economy is gifting. So like if you're someone who is really good at something, you do that for the week of Burning Man. 
and people take advantage of that and in return will give you what they're really good at. But what if, like myself, all of your <laughs> skills are niche and useless? At Burning Man, actually, I think you would do quite well. You think so? Yeah, I think I think beautiful handmade cross stitches would be like a amazing at Burning Man. I guess Man. my first thought goes to water. <laughs> food. <laughs> so you hope that someone who has water and food wants a cross like, stitch. Please, just leave. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> I don't know. You can't. You can't know. Oh, that. they want it. The I hipsters they want it. Uh, continuing with the principles. Radical self-reliance. Burning Man encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on their inner resources. And again, no money exchanged at Burning Man, your skills pave your way or the things that you bring in. (laughs) Sure. Radical self-expression. Radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. And this to me connects with like what I think of as like a stereotypical burner. I'm seeing them in like a bikini with like steampunk goggles and like there. Yep, that's what I think of. Yeah, right. So that's the radical self-expression. Wear whatever you want, do whatever you want. Communal effort, a beautiful thing. Our community values creative cooperation and collaboration. We strive to produce, promote, and protect social networks, public spaces, works of art, and methods of communication that support such interaction. Civic responsibility, we love that too. We value civil society. Here's a big one that I'm going to talk more about, leaving no trace. So again, Burning Man exists. It is built in the middle of the desert. Leaving no trace, our community respects the environment. We are committed to leaving no physical trace of our activities wherever we gather. We clean up after ourselves and endeavor whenever possible to leave such places in a better state than what we found them. There's so many of these. (laughs) I know, there is a lot. Participation is one of their goals. Our community is committed to a radically participatory ethic. That's great. And then the the last one kind of makes me laugh. Like, I'd love a burner to explain this one to me because I don't quite get it. Immediacy. Immediate experience is, in many ways, the most important touchstone of value in our culture. We seek to overcome barriers that stand between us and a recognition of our inner selves. The reality of those around us, participation in society, and contact with a natural world exceeding human powers. No idea can substitute for this experience. Like, I don't totally understand what that means. I feel like I get that immediately. Oh, okay. I feel like it's like living in the moment, being in the in the current moment okay. and world that you're living. Like, not, not thinking about the future or the past or whatever. Maybe this isn't right. I, I love it, though. It's but working it, you know, for like, me. I feel like it's like the immediacy is like, be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... And that makes sense to me. And it makes sense also that, like, a place that is so anti, like, money, capitalism, uh, advertising is trying to kind of strip human beings down to a natural state of of being. Yeah. Um, I love that. All of these sound very nice. Yes, I totally agree. There's a world where I can vibe with all that. Again, I'd rather not do it outside. But I get it. I get it. A visit from, like, a Marriott in the town over. Yes. The idea of a pop-up utopian society of weird art people, that's fun. Fun for me. And if you look at, like, the millions of Burning Man TikToks that have crossed my feed, I really do see fun stuff. Uh, Not for me, again. But for my my friends who like to camp and party, so I guess my husband's friends, great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In these TikToks, burners are dressed in these outlandish outfits They're riding bikes through the desert where they're stumbling on these huge interactive sculptures. They're happening into someone else's camps and they're fed a delicious grilled cheese sandwich 
which they trade for a bracelet they made. They get high and they rave into the night. And Diplo in the morning is there DJing from a hot air balloon. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that happened this year. Oh my God. What's not to like? But under the surface, there are some things about Burning Man that contradict their principles. And we're going to start with talking about the location of Burning Man itself, the playa. Um, so since 1991, like I mentioned, the event has been held at Black Rock City in northwestern Nevada, which is this temporary city erected in the Black Rock Desert. This is about 100 miles north-northeast of Reno, which is the nearest city. The specific location they build is called the Playa, um, which is like a dry lake bed, formerly a lake bed that's now dry and super smooth, covered in alkaline sand. And we're going to get back to why alkaline sand is important. Oh. Much of the layout and the city infrastructure is constructed by the Volunteer Department of Public Works. They end up residing in Black Rock City for like weeks and weeks before the event to start building infrastructure. And the remainder of the city, including the camps, the villages, the art installations, they're all created by the participants. Very cool. But do you remember when I said that it's 100 miles from Reno, the nearest city? Oh, then that's the nearest. I thought you were just giving that as like, this is how far it is from Reno, just so you know. (laughs) So that means that all... 75,000 to 80,000, I've seen both numbers, people who attend Burning Man have to get themselves and every single thing they need to live for a week to the desert in the middle of nowhere. Burning Man every year generates about 100,000 tons of carbon dioxide from this event. Over 80% of that is just travel to and from, like the cars and planes being used to get people into the desert. And that's more than 22,000 gas-powered cars produced in a year. It's not very leave no trace of them. Oh, that's true. Burners really make an effort to clean the playa as they leave. Again, they're all about leave no trace and what they call moop or matter out of place which is basically like if you see like a napkin on the ground, you're like, oh, that's moop. I have to pick it up because that doesn't belong on the playa. That sounds like a like a sort of science and business major trying to like (laughs) retrain her husband. Yeah. Oh, that sock is moop. It's a lot of Silicon Valley guys. So honestly, that makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. And there is a large volunteer force that's called Playa Restoration or Resto that stays behind every year to, in theory, like just recheck the playa after the event to make sure all the moop is gone. They have to be really thorough because the Bureau of Land Management checks their work. Um, And it's got like a really strict threshold. And if they fail that assessment, it could mean the end of Burning Man. Like the government could just be like, not anymore. So the moop efforts have had mixed success throughout the years. And I read this really interesting blog by the Resto Captain uh, in 2022. They haven't written the 2023 blog yet. And I'm going to be fascinated to read it once it exists. Um, but so he said, after a nearly perfect leave no trace year in 2019, and then they had to take a break for the pandemic, 2022 was one of the messiest playas in recent history. It was evident by the intensive follow-up work needed by the playa restoration crew that our community struggled with the cleanup effort needed to return the Black Rock Desert to its pre-event condition. Burners themselves are like reckoning with this, with this like, overconsumption that it takes to even live on the playa for a week. Mm. I read a really interesting article in Wired by Alden Wicker, who's like, who is a burner. And he wrote about his 2022 experience. Full disclosure, I spent Burning Man 2022 in a gas-guzzling air-conditioned RV. 
It was my sixth year at the burn, and I was having a crisis of conscience over my participation, which was exacerbated by sitting in a 12-hour traffic jam that was so big you can see it from space. Oh my god. Again, that's leaving a trace. And then he continues, When we made it out of this pathetic Mad Max scenario and arrived in nearby Lake Tahoe, we went hiking under a sky rendered apocalyptic orange by nearby wildfires. It all seemed completely wrong and way too expensive. Each year cost me $5,000, not including fashion. Frankly, being a burner no longer felt like a good thing. Mm. And that's something else to consider. Just because burners are trying to leave no trace on the playa doesn't mean that they're not leaving no trace somewhere. Reno and the surrounding towns report a huge influx of trash every year as burners leave the playa. They leave no trace there and then they go to dumps in Reno and dump all the stuff that they needed for the year. Many purchase new camping supplies every year because it's really difficult to remove the alkaline sand from their stuff. And that means that every year, basically, new camping equipment is trashed or it's donated to secondhand stores. But those stores receive such a crazy influx of dirty camping supplies that they can't possibly actually sell any of it. Dumpsters are totally overflowing by the time burners finally make their way home. Culturally, Burning Man does seem to be at a real turning point. Over the years, it's attracted a lot of billionaires and celebrities, a lot of them Silicon Valley and Hollywood types. Like I mentioned, Diplo was there this year. It's become a networking event from them in a lot of ways, and Elon Musk stated that Burning Man is Silicon Valley, which makes me want to go even less. Yeah, ugh. The yucky thing about that, too, is that instead of building their own camps, these people are paying for really luxurious camps to be set up for them. Uh, and, like, burners derisively call these plug-and-play or turnkey camps, because, like, all you have to do is plug it in and you can be done. That sounds great. It's But it's not the ethos of Burning oh, Man. I would Elon Musk Burning Man <laughs> so hard. I would le- be, like, bringing in my own portable air conditioner, like, zapping all of the energy from the stoves. People are, like, meagerly cooking beans on. I could give a shit. Literally, they are. And they – here's the crazy thing to me – Now at Burning Man every year, they set up a temporary runway and people fly private planes directly into Black Rock City. Are you kidding? It's so crazy. That is, yeah, that's not, that is not the vibe. That's not the vibe. But And, And I don't even fully understand the vibe and I know it's not the vibe. Exactly. Now, interestingly, a lot of burners express like discomfort with this, right? Like true burners are like, this isn't the vibe at all. Exactly what we're saying. But one of their principles is radical inclusion. And so that includes Elon Musk. (laughs) That includes Elon Musk. The founder, Larry Harvey, who I think is perhaps problematic in his own ways, wrote that that he does think these like turnkey folks, they are kind of against the the principle of radical self-reliance. But he says that permitting the wealthy to attend is beneficial to Burning Man. uh, I'm sure because they're willing to pay. (laughs) Willing to pay for what? I mean, the the admittance cost has increased like crazy over the years. There's an admittance cost? Oh, yeah. So I watched a bunch of Burning Man TikToks about like how much it costs every year. It's the middle of the fucking desert. Like, where's the ticket taker? I know. So one guy who I watched his TikTok, um, he paid $575 for his ticket, $160 for his vehicle parking pass, $600 for camp fees, and that's for like people who band together to share expenses like food, water, ice, power. He rented a car and bought gas. That was $380. He rented a bike to be able to traverse the playa. That's $120. He 
He did camping gear. That was another 200. The total for this guy was about 1,800. Jesus. But he said he had a lot of stuff from previous years. Another Burner's TikTok I saw broke down her costs as being about $4,045. And she said the big difference was she did a camper van and like that's how she camped. And so that was more, renting that was more expensive. But it's still like a crazy amount of money. Fair enough, it's a week of a vacation, right? So if you're really into the vibes, maybe between $1,800 and $4,000 is worth it for you. I would not call it radically inclusive that it costs that much to attend. No, it doesn't seem that way at all. So as all that should make clear, even before this last year, things were a little bit problematic at Burning Man. Problems existed that even burners were recognizing. Then we get to this year. What happened at 2023's Burning Man? What happened? Even before the rain, 2023's Burning Man began pretty messily. A small group of climate protesters parked a 28-foot trailer across the only two-lane highway that allows for entry into Burning Man, which caused miles of gridlock. The protesters made demands of Burning Man saying, ban private jets, single-use plastics, unnecessary propane burning, and unlimited generator use for the nine-day event. To me, those seem pretty reasonable, Yeah. to be totally honest. Burners did not respond well to that. The burners and the protesters clashed. And the protesters were ultimately removed by the Pyramid Lake Ranger Station, which is the tribal law enforcement agency in that area. Uh, They showed up and they drove through the barricades. And so burners were allowed through. But it was definitely, like, not an auspicious start to the event. Mm. So, as I mentioned earlier, Black Rock City is built on the playa, this alkaline, dry lake bed. Playas are great for this kind of thing because they are super, super flat and smooth. Like, a lot of people break speed records for driving on, like, they go to playas to do it because it's so smooth and flat. They've got this, like, outer crust layer that acts as a seal for water infiltration. So, like, it stays nice and dry. And Black Rock City Playa specifically is alkaline. The dust is extremely fine, like way finer than sand. It's like, I, it almost looks more like clay when it's wet. Um, it gets into these nooks and crannies normal sand wouldn't. It doesn't react well with water. So like if you're covered in that dust and you take a shower, the dust is not going anywhere. You have to remove it with like vinegar <laughs> and like that kind of material uh. to get it off of you. And because it zaps water and, like, moisture like that, burners get things called playa foot and playa lung. Playa foot is if you walk barefoot in the sand, you get, like, these crazy cracks in your feet because all the the moisture gets whipped out. And playa lung is from inhaling too much of the playa and you've got this crazy cough, sore throat. Like, it's not easy stuff. That's all when it's dry. (laughs) When it's wet... It becomes this thick mud that is impossible to get off and impossible to get through. And so on Friday, September 2nd, a few days into Burning Man's festivities, about 15 centimeters of rain fell at Block Rock City. And then the rain just kind of continued pummeling the surrounding desert. Here's like an interesting connection, right? Here's an interesting thing to think about. In previous years, they never had to worry about the desert getting rain. But it's climate change, baby. Oh, oh. And things are very different than they once were. That's very true. So there had been like years in the past that like they had gotten a day of rain or like a a rainstorm. And even then, like that does kind of debilitate things for a little bit. 
But this was like unprecedented deluge days of rain. Oh. That like is just impossible to work with. I'm sorry. I have to just tell the people today. (laughs) Today, we may or may not have been at a Renaissance fair. (laughs) And it was misting a bit. Mm -hmm. And then there was a gentle rain. And I, if, damn it, if I didn't feel like I was walking through hell itself, (laughs) I was complaining. I was like, oh, it's mud and I'm slipping and it's so much harder to get to my beer or whatever, whatever (laughs) we were doing. Like, it was just so like, I was like, oh, this is unpleasant. I was, we had so much fun. So I wasn't really worried about it after a minute, but like, I'm just thinking about how inconvenienced I was by a small amount of rain in the woods. Imagine if we were living there. Oh God. For a week. So it's just impossible and dangerous for people to get around with the amount of water on the ground. And so Burning Man organizers closed the only entrance and exit gate and the airport into Black Rock City. They ban driving in and out of the area with the exception of emergency vehicles. And they're like, everyone shelter in place. Like everything's canceled. You can't leave. You can't come in. You shouldn't leave your camp. Just be in your camp. <laughs> like don't leave yeah. your camp for days. Um, a lot of burners want to get the fuck out. <laughs> they only have the supplies they bought. Oh, and food's going to run out. Water's going to run out. And exactly. And for some of them, they were kind of counting on the bartering economy. So if they're no longer allowed to visit from camp to camp or like travel to other camps, they're like, I don't have the right stuff. And even then, like we said, with the culture like wars at Burning Man right now, there's a lot of burners who are like, I'm here to fucking get high and hang out with Diplo. I don't want to sit in my muddy van for two days. So a lot of them try to get the fuck out. And so they attempt to drive through, even though the Burning Man, like, authority has said, don't do that. They end up stuck in the mud, like, deep in the mud, causing ruts in the playa past that crust layer that's going to kind of semi-permanently fuck up the playa and the way that it absorbs water. Because, like I said, that outer crust is really important to how the playa works. Right. And if it's dry, it's totally easy and nice to drive on it. But now they've, like, scarred the playa's outer layer. Now it's a nightmare. With their cars. And some, like Diplo and Chris Rock, end up walking miles out of the playa. I'm sorry, Chris Rock? Yeah, he was there with Diplo. Uh, uh, My brain just short-circuited. Please continue. (laughs) It's a different culture than it once was. I guess so. And so they end up trying to get to the highway and hitch a ride from there with other burners. The infrastructure of Burning Man also really suffers. Porta-potties can no longer be emptied. So they soon become completely full. And with how muddy the ground is, it is hard to tell what is perhaps an overflowing porta-potty and what is just the mud Uh. you're already walking through. Folks are having to do their business in the jugs they brought along with them and have no place to empty them. So now everyone's just got like a jug of pee in their house. (laughs) Oh no! And then two, and then three jugs of pee. (laughs) Like, just not a good situation. And also, like, a lot of generators are left in this standing water. And there was a death at Burning Man this year. And it's believed that it was a person who 
went to go futz with their generator and was electrocuted because the <gasps> generator was in standing oh, water. that's horrible. And as much as they were self-reliant, and that's a principle of Burning Man, like, most of these people are not electricians, and they don't get the emergency rules behind the stuff that they Yeah, have. there's a reason that, like, when things like that happen at a music festival or something, like, you call someone, there's a team yeah. that is skilled and trained mm-hmm. to figure that kind of stuff out. Exactly. There's security. There's maybe a first aid tent. There's, you know. Yeah. And although Burning Man has levels of that, it's on purpose meant to be a very self-reliant event, and it's an event where your nearest city is 100 miles away. Yeah. So especially during a weather event... You're not going to get a lot of help. I can't believe there hasn't already been a death just, like, out of coincidence. Like, somebody... I'm sure there have has, been in the past. Yeah, has a, like, uh, medical issue. And it's like, well, you're 100 miles away from a hospital. Yeah. So. And so the burning of the man was pushed back. <laughs> I sure... I would sure hope so. It was not able to happen on the first day. Finally, on Monday, the gates were reopened for people to leave three days after being pulled to shelter in place. And uh, many of them did. And the traffic was like, I heard up to like five or seven hours to get out. On Tuesday, day two of what burners called Exodus or like leaving the fair, I tuned in to Burning Man Information Radio. Mm. The public radio channel broadcast from Burning Man for burners. I was just fascinated. At the time I was listening to it, uh, they were giving updates on traffic and they were saying it took 3.5 hours for cars to exit the grounds. Not to get to the highway, but to get from inside Burning Man to, like, the gate that is the entrance of Burning Man. It took three and a half hours. Oh, my God. And so then they're getting to the highway. Then they're driving 100 miles to Reno. Like, crazy. Many people were seeking rides. Like, half of what I was listening to was the host being, like, Marissa's outside and she's trying to get to Reno. If anyone has room for Marissa, she's got two suitcases And a tent. Jeff is looking for a ride to the East Coast. New York or Philadelphia would do. If you have space for Jeff, please find him in front of the radio station. It did seem to me that a lot of people do this every year. Like, it seemed like it was a pretty normal thing on the last couple days of Burning Man to just, like... Somebody who doesn't have transportation. Yeah, be asking. But I did get the impression that it was, like, a little bit more chaotic that year. And I did get the sense that a lot of people had left early because of everything, perhaps creating like a bigger and more urgent need to help the people out. Because usually there'd be like a thousand cars leaving and now there are only 500. And there were also messages like every few minutes about ensuring everything got cleaned up. Uh, But that didn't happen. Oh, I wonder why. Um, Many people abandoned the burn as soon as the rain began. And those who didn't are now muddy and exhausted. Multiple vehicles were left behind in the mud, abandoned by their owners. Vehicles? Full cars, because they were just too deep. They're left to sit in the playa, perhaps forever. Oh my god. Whole camps were left standing, and I saw one with, like, a note scrolled on it that was like, we're too tired to clean up, thanks, Resto. As if, like, the Restoration Committee, 100% volunteers, are going to take down their entire camp. Which, unfortunately, the Restoration Committee will have to do if they want to stay at Black Rock City. That sucks. It really does. Like, literally a note like you thank the maid in your hotel for, like, switching your sheets. That's what the note was for taking down their entire camp. Maybe if they left, like, four grand in cash. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. So, hardcore burners maintain that those who got it still had a great time and really banded together. I saw people TikToking that they were... Like, it was the spirit of Burning Man was helping each other, even if we weren't, you know, raving every night. 
But to me, it seems like the 2023 weather event just exemplifies the problems that have been threatening to boil over with Burning Man over the years. I'm not sure how they can change the event to address some of these issues. But again, like, I see the fun of a utopian weird art kid society, so I truly hope they can. But for, for Burning Man this year, it was a pretty horrifying experience, I would oh, say. Oh, boy. Jeez. I think it's it's made worse for the two of us because, mm-hmm. like, a, a even the best camping scenario is not is good. just a nightmare. So the idea of being, like, covered in mud hours and hours and hours away from civilization by car mm-hmm. It's just, like, I am I would be in such a state of panic. It's like fire Festival. Yeah. It's like, I would be in such a state of panic over, like, how do I get water? Mm-hmm. How do I get food? Mm-hmm. Like, what if there's more rain? What if I don't have shelter? Like, I, I, I can't, I, oh. And also, scary. you know what? Utopian civilizations break down <laughs> when uh, resources start becoming scarce. Human beings are human beings. We're animals at the end of the day. And, you know. There you go. <sighs> yeah. Right. How are we doing on time? I have time to tell you one more Burning Man story. Would you like to hear about sex airplane <gasps> or man forgets where he parked his van? Okay, well, there's an obvious choice. (laughs) There is an obvious choice. Can you tell me both of them fast? I'll try. I'll try. Sex airplane. I saw a TikTok from this year's Burning Man from before it went bad. And it was a girl saying, want to join the Mile High Club at Burning Man? There were people who had a private plane and for, you know, a a trade, because they don't have money there, but for, you know, whatever they needed to do. They would take you and your partner up in their plane so you and your partner could have sex in it and join the Mile High Club. And they would just circle Burning Man for as long as it took you to come. The things that pilot (laughs) heard. And then they would land and then they'd take up another couple. The jet fuel spent on fucking... On those individual acts of coitus. Unreal. That's insane. That's an insane (laughs) thing. Also, like... What do you trade for that? I like, know. I made a marble bracelet. I mean, maybe the pilot's a real freak, and he's like, the trade is I get to listen to you fuck. I get, I get to watch. Yeah, I get yeah. to, I'm, I want to watch. So that's sex airplane. I mean, I guess you didn't really need to explain sex airplane that much. <laughs> like, that's sex airplane, all right? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. So now I'm more intrigued by a guy who lost, his, know, van. lost his van. So I'm listening to Burning Man Information Radio on Tuesday. And so many interesting stories are coming up. I could tell you a thousand tidbits. I might tell you one more if I have time. A man comes on. They're like inviting people on to like talk about. So some people are like, I need a ride. Some people are like, oh, I'm looking for this or that. Like a couple people were like, oh, this part of my car broke down. Does anyone have a spare tire? Like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. This guy comes on. He's an older man. And the host very kindly is like, you know, come on up. Introduce yourself. Tell us how we can help you. And he goes, "Um, I came to Burning Man and... On the second day, I completely had no memory of where I parked my van. I had no, not even just like, oh, absentmindedly, I can't remember. I have no memory of it to the point that they drove me to Reno to get a brain scan because they thought I had had some kind of medical event. And I didn't. They cleared me in Reno. So I came back. But now it's the last day of Burning Man and I don't know where my van is. And the host is like, 
Okay, like, so... What can what can you possibly do for that man? So what... Like, they're just hoping someone's going to see it. <laughs> so they're like, okay, like, can you describe, you know, describe the van? And he's literally like, it's a white van. Okay. And she's like, great. And in my brain, I'm like, give me the make and model. Give me the license plate. How helpful would that be? He's got none of that. He's like, it's a white van. She goes, great. And like, did you turn right or left when you entered the playa? And he goes, I have no memory of where I parked this van. I do not know. I've been staying with the rangers. Is he sure he came (laughs) in in a van? He's like, I've been staying with the rangers since I got back from Reno where I got that brain scan because I don't have any concept of where my van full of my stuff is. (laughs) Fuck! And I'm listening like, what is poor... Man, and I listened, I got to tell you guys, I listened that day for probably four hours to Burning Man Information Radio. And before I turned it off, the the girl came back and she was like, everyone, just so you know, we think we found that guy. Oh my God. (laughs) And if that's not community spirit. I can't believe that that story was better than sex airplane. (laughs) I can't believe that. I like to throw in a twist at the end. Wow. That, that was, ah, Jesus. I mean, I guess that leaves on a sort of on a higher on note. a higher note, but I don't. I, maybe that's not a good idea. We shouldn't <laughs> be endorsing it. But oh yeah, it just it is. I think so. It's sad. Mm-hmm. It's just sad that like these things start out so pure. Yeah, maybe maybe it didn't, but like of like yeah, we're gonna do this thing, and it's like nothing gold can stay. Mm-hmm. Like it's. If you get three years in, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it makes me think of like pride, like yeah. the pride parades and it's all advertisements. It's mm-hmm. all advertisements. And it's like, you know, 40 years ago, these companies would not bat an eyelash to protect queer people. And yeah. now that it works for them, like they're going to, you know, have a float. And it just is so antithetical Mm -hmm. to the the genesis of of whatever the movement is but that's the nature of capitalism and i think in a in a way it's the nature of humans like it's just when things get too big for everyone to have a relationship Mm -hmm. to the center like for everyone to kind of be able to see each other in the eyes and be like hey i'm a person like we're in this together you start to lose like some of that camaraderie you just that's what happens i think that's true i think that's true and it's horrifying oh my god uh i'm I'm horrified oh it's too much so that guys that's burning man if you are a longtime burner and you have any opinion on this i'd be so curious because again i do write us in not again not for me but i see i see the vision you know what i mean i get the vision of burning man and i'd love to hear and like I was saying, a lot of longtime burners, like, have these same criticisms themselves. So I'd love to hear, like, how do we fix Burning Man? What can we do? I'd be really curious if we have any burners on the line to hear. But thank you. Thank you, Allie, for hearing my little tale. Oh, my goodness. What, what a great, what a great story. What a great um, insight. And I'm so glad that I didn't know any of that. Um, and now you know probably too much. <laughs> you know what? I was going to go to Burning Man this year. <laughs> and now I'm going to rethink it. Um, though I, one of my favorite stories about my grandparents is um, that apparently my grandfather told my grandmother about Woodstock, about the music festival, and was like, that would be fun. Like, we should go to that. <laughs> and I, my grandmother was like, no, that sounds like it sucks. Um, and I just like I'm picturing like my grandmother who was like, 
you know, she was a designer, like her whole house was like gorgeous, like, you know, nice, like fabric napkins and all that kind of stuff. Like her just like sitting in the mud, furious <laughs> at her husband for doing this to her. Um, and I'm glad that she was able to escape that. And in my lineage with her, I'll never fucking do that kind of stuff. So stay indoors, everyone. Amen. Go outside for a little while. And then go back inside. And then go back to your home that has an infrastructure and it's on the grid. <laughs> if I'm too far away from an air conditioner in any season, I start to uh, just schwitz. Like, I just can't. It's too much for me. Me too. <sighs> me Everyone, too. we're back. The boys are back in town. Thank you so much for being here this week. And I cannot wait, Allie, to hear what you have in store oh, for us next week. Oh, we're locked and loaded. Oh, baby. I can't wait. I can't wait. So... Tune in, but until then, stay horrified. Stay horrified.